This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 82 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. Brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Today, we compare and contrast retraining thoroughbreds and standardbreds with Ashley Francis and Colleen Nolan-Tran. We touch base with our Making the Makeover writers, Rachel Ramsey and Katrina Natwick. And last but not least, we bring you another adoptable horse from New Vocations. Stay tuned. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Joy Orr in Detroit, Michigan. And this is Kristen Kovach-Bentley from Jamestown, New York, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Kristen, I feel like I'm just like in awe of everything you and your husband are doing. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's like you're living the whole heartland TV show. It's so cute. Yeah. I mean, better that than Yellowstone, right? So yeah. Well, yes. Although I mean, I do love a good drama. I can't deny that. Yeah. We're like <laughs> severely lacking in shootouts to be on the Yellowstone side, I think. So we're fine. We're There's good. always we're good time. With <laughs> yeah. No, let's not. Yeah. <laughs> but, but tell our listeners what you were up to. I know you shared a little bit on our Facebook and Instagram over the weekend, but you and your husband both did a horse show, which is not very common in the horse world. No, and we had a really good time. Like, I don't want to be like, no look fight. at my perfect life, but no we would, had a really nice time. <laughs> no threatening of divorce with someone was trying to back up the trailer. Like, none of that happened. <laughs> no, well, and that's mostly because only I drive the trailer. So, oh, you know, great solution. Everyone write that tip down. That is how you will save your marriage. No, we are kind of backwards because like we were kind of BSing with the show organizer because uh, she and her husband run the whole show and they use their own cattle. Because a ranch show, of course, needs a cattle provider. Hmm. So they raise their own cows. So they're constantly kind of kibitzing back and forth because like Willie's got to bring the cows in and Jen's got to get her clients going. And, and most of the show was her clients. So so they're very busy. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, well, Willie calls the shots and blah, blah, blah. And the more I'm listening to more, I'm like, I think I'm the Willie <laughs> in the <whole> scenario. <laughs> you know, and she's like, yeah, I think Eric might agree. So. Yeah, it was interesting because earlier in the week, Eric was like, you know, when your wife becomes your riding instructor, it really adds a new element to the marriage. Oh, my gosh. I know. I've, <laughs> I'm in awe that you can do that, though, because like I'm thinking about trying to get Zach to take lessons. I'm like, is this going to be our defining moment? Is this where the love will end? I don't or know. Stronger, because like I think it actually like if I can go back to sort of an origin point, Eric's been training his versatile hunting dogs for a couple of years. So he had his dad's puppy a couple years ago that he got started. Mm. And then we got our own puppy last year, two years ago. She was a pandemic puppy. Yeah. (laughs) So that's right. Yeah. She just turned two this year. So like we would go down to the farm together, but he would be running the dogs, Mm. teaching them what they need to know about pointing and retrieving and doing bird dog things. And I'd be riding. And then on the way home, we would sort of like hash out like well, today this went well and this didn't go well and I got frustrated and I didn't want to get frustrated, but I couldn't help it. You know, we sort of talk each other through that one because while training dogs and training horses is pretty different, there's also a lot of similarities in that. Like you're working with an animal that cannot speak English back to you. So you have to do what you can to be patient and help the animal through. You know, so I think that's kind of where like we just sort of got in the habit of like candidly talking about stuff like that. And then, Mm. uh, I don't know. I mean, I think some of it is a little bit the Yellowstone effect because we did watch that over the winter and, and Eric yeah. started riding more. And then he also discovered Dale Brisby's YouTube channel. So, okay, so doing everybody a can give bit that a try. Yeah. His own. yeah. Sit your man down okay. in front of Dale Brisby for a while and see if he wants to cowboy. But Eric has always wanted to be a little bit more of an effective helper around the farm. We've always managed the cattle a lot on foot. And since I carved out a spot for myself with the horses, we've been doing more and more on horseback. And Eric was like, you know, it would really be useful if somebody knew how to rope around here. And it would, because every time we need to doctor something, we have to bring the whole herd down or try to mm-hmm. cut and put them in a trailer and then haul them down to the barn if they need intensive care. And it would be a lot easier if we could just doctor out in the pasture. So it's like really an like a natural progression. I mean, more than yeah. just an activity you guys share, it really made your everyday work easier. It's something of genuine interest. 
And I think that's probably the healthiest part. Oh, Kristen, I love that for you. I really (laughs) do. Have a good time. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we've been going to the farm every evening together and riding together. And then he kind of got the show bug, I think, after watching me show at this particular series for all of last year. And he actually hopped on Wes. I think I mentioned this in a past Mm -hmm. episode. He hopped on Wes and just jumped on him for the adult walk trot class. And he really hadn't ridden him much before that. And then he was like, I think I'm ready to bring Shorty. So he did did well at the show, right? He did really well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He was consistent in the boxing classes. So that's what I put on our Instagram feed. If anyone has Mm -hmm. no idea what the ranch classes are, the boxing, you show control of a cow at the short end of the ring. So it's stopping and turning and driving. So he had good, consistent scores. And I was really emphasizing that he'd go in and be correct rather than try to be fast. So he was a little behind the motion of the cow, but his turns were very correct. What he really wanted to work on was the ranch roping. So at this show, it's done breakaway. So when you get a catch, there's a special Honda on the rope and it snaps. So the cow immediately breaks loose. You don't need a ground crew then to go and pull the rope off. So it's really easy to tell if you've got a legal catch and it's just a nice mellow, you know, if you've seen calf roping, maybe on Mm -hmm. TV or in a rodeo, that's speed. And the ranch roping is more about being slow with style and not getting the herd running. Gotcha. uh, A little more of a real world application for roping. You know, if you were in a branding pen, you'd want to quietly rope a calf and pull it out. So, so Eric's worked really hard on his roping. Everything Shorty knows about roping, Eric taught him just very patiently, just one chunk at a time. And they went in and they won both of their classes. And the bigger class, he won by 10 points and had a really cool catch. So I was very proud of that. Oh, that's amazing. And how did you do? We can't skip out on you as well. Oh, me. Yeah, I was also there. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, Wes actually did really well. So we drew some perfect cows for him. They were little dairy cross calves that did not want to run, which is good because Wes is still not quite able to. You can either go fast or you can stop and turn, but you can't. He's not a loper yet. Yeah, no, he's not there. So so with these calves, we could just kind of get up close and muscle around on them and stop and push them around and um, so he wasn't going to win the class, but he got good scores and he was third and fifth. So oh, that's amazing for yeah. especially, is this his second show that's or third? Second show. Second yep. show. That's really good, yeah. honestly. And it sounds like he's just going in to have fun. Yes. Yeah. And same thing on the rail classes, his rail flat work has improved a ton. He's just not going to be competitive against these really little stock horses. But, you know, people notice, like I got a lot of compliments. People are like, wow, his, he's really come along on the rail. And I was like, I think he's ready. He's just the underdog. He's going to come back next year and like show them all up. That's for sure. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Our next stop is the national championships for standard breads. So that's we've taken so a very steep learning curve, but and that's that in show July. is in a month. So yep, yeah. that's in the end of July. So I think awesome. Knockwood, if he stays sound and happy and healthy, he's going to peak at just the right time. And hopefully we have a good showing. So I love it. Well, we'll be rooting for you. And I can't wait to like follow all the progress. I mean, I'm kind of lucky because I get the inside scoop because I'm texting you constantly. Oh, so yeah. I mean, you get that <laughs> before anyone. Yes. But what what you did that I wish I had the time and the extra cash for right now, if I didn't have so many show bills to be paying, your photo shoot looked amazing. Oh my gosh, thank you. It was so fun. And I mean, it, it seems like a simple photo shoot. Mostly it's the all the photos I have of me and Astrid. I look like I'm still 16 and just getting ready to graduate high school. It's your youthful uh, glow. It's fine. Ah, thanks, Kristen. I mean, it's useful glow and wearing a dress that's slightly a little too short for my age. So it's it's a combination (laughs) of the two. But it it was really interesting to do it this time around because our relationship is so different. The first time I did a photo shoot with her was only a few months after I first got her. And it's all the photos look nice, of course. And you can tell in like the new photos, we don't have those cute, like full perky ears and most of them. And she's actually asleep for more than half of it. But I'm <laughs> honestly thrilled. I know that's not what most people go for when they want their horse photos taken. But for me, it was the first time she felt really safe in her body that I could visibly see for a long period of time. She's normally a pretty anxious horse, likes to be stimulated the entire time. So to stand still and just have people like poke and prod around her isn't normally her cup of tea. So her first photo shoot, though, got her, had it done a few months later. And then it was a nightmare trying to get her to do. And I couldn't even get on her. I was hoping to have a couple pictures where I was on her. And she was just so riled up and trying to push through me and wanted to touch everything and put everything in her mouth. And she was just very nervous energy. So all the photos are ears 
very perked and very pretty, but it was an absolute nightmare trying to manage her and I didn't have any help. So this time around, I mean, I got on her in her pasture with all of her pasture baits there, bareback. <laughs> and uh, that's amazing. I think this will go well. Worst case, I just bail if she decides to run around. Cause I'm like, I don't know if these horses have ever seen a person on a horse in the pasture. Yeah, you never know how that's going to go. <laughs> no. I mean, normally she's the ringleader of everyone running around. So I felt safe. And then I had Zach with me and our photographer, who's not a horse person. She did a phenomenal job. She's never photographed horses before. Did a great job. Mm, that yeah, was going to be my question, actually, because I yeah. am thinking about like now that Eric's more into the horses, maybe this fall, maybe after the makeover, we'll do, you know, a photo shoot because we don't have any professional photos of us other than our wedding pictures. Oh, I so recommend getting it done. And I gave a lot of prep. I sent a bunch of Instagram profiles I thought were really beautiful to mm, my photographer. Idea. Just find someone who, like you like their work, whether it's I mean, she did food like she was a She's actually Zach's photographer for the pie company. So she went from oh, taking pictures of pie to my <laughs> dirt covered uh, lip smacked thoroughbred. So, but she did great. Like the photos were phenomenal. So don't be afraid to take a risk on someone who hasn't done horse photography. Good to know. Yeah. As long as they're willing to try, just prep them of like the different things. I right, yeah, like here's a farm. good horse shot and here's not yeah. a good one. So as long as they're willing to try and it adds to their portfolio. So, I mean, she did give me a nice discount because of that. Fair. Cool. Just that. So yeah. Plus. Yeah. So hmm. it, it was just a lot of fun. Like she was just so relaxed and so chilled and it was nice to get the photos with Zach too. It, I like that he likes being around the horses. It really does make it an easier process when I'm there yeah, all the sure. time. Good for um, him. Yeah. And she wasn't heat during the entire thing. You'd have no idea. <laughs> oh, geez. I know. I was like, we'll see how this goes. And she was just, we did a champagne when off to post that one, but I shook a champagne bottle and I was like, she's either going to run away <laughs> Or she's going to fall asleep. And she was just like totally chill, ears perked for it to see what was going on. But like we shot the champagne like fully in the air. (laughs) So it was really just nice to see like where our partnership has come in the last five years. So for anyone who has that difficult thoroughbred and you're wondering if you made a mistake or if you're not qualified for that horse, it could just be they have a lot more kinks to work out. And if you're willing to take the time it was so worth it with her. Like we're just now getting to the point where we can really make headway. Our riding's so much better. We're so much more in sync. I would say if you're willing to try, because you you see what the horse has potentially, it's worth it. It's been a long five years where I questioned everything about myself, but it's nice to have those memories now in a photo that I can look back on. Wow. I feel like we're coming full circle because that's how I feel like my relationship with my husband has gone. Like (laughs) we've like entered like a new chapter of doing cool stuff together and we got heavy in this. Heavy and emotional. I mean, it's all great. We're just getting started today. We're just getting started. We're probably going to get into some more things. I'm very excited about the guests we have. Ashley Francis and Colleen Nolan Tran. They've been training standard breads and thoroughbreds. Very passionate about it. They share their experiences constantly. They're going to be super fun to talk to. We're going to catch up with Rachel Ramsey and Katrina Natwick. And I'm so excited to see like what they've been working on because they're very different tracks with their horses. So that's going to be really neat to see. But before we dive into all that, let's get even more emotional as we touch base with our premier sponsor, Kentucky Performance Products. She swallowed hard as they walked into the start box. She could feel his muscles tense under her leg. Five, four, three, two, one. Have a great ride. She didn't have to ask. He galloped out of the box and across the field toward their first training level course. His ears pricked. Her heart pounded. He attacked each obstacle with confidence, clearing them with room to spare. A huge smile broke out on her face as she crossed through the finish flags. She leaned forward and buried her face in his neck. Their bond of love and trust blocked out all else. This love story is brought to you by Elevate. Research proven to have superior bioavailability, Elevate supplies the essential vitamin E often missing from the equine diet. Its all-natural formula supports healthy muscle and nerve functions. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. 
Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Well, Joy, I mentioned the Standard Bread National Show earlier, and I'm super excited now to have two buddies that I think I'm going to meet in person at the Standard Bread National Show on. Uh, just to gang up on you and to further convince you to also adopt a Standard Bread, we have with us today Ashley Francesi and Colleen Nolan-Tran. Both of them train both Standard Breads and Thoroughbreds, so perfect guests to have on Retired Racehorse Radio. Ashley is a riding instructor and horse trainer from Carlisle, Pennsylvania. She shares her life with her herd of X-Race horses, including her 2019 Thoroughbred Makeover graduate, Harper Valley, and her 2021 National Standard Bread Show Western Dressage Champion, Nardi Jim Jim, which is the best name for a horse of all time. <laughs> and we also have with us Colleen. Colleen owns and has trained two off-track standard breads and two off-track thoroughbreds, all adopted from our partner, New Vocations. Colleen recently relocated to Bedminster, New Jersey, where she's a software engineer by day and an amateur equestrian in her free time. She enjoys training her horses for dressage, trail riding, and using positive reinforcement to teach tricks. Ashley and Colleen, welcome to Retired Racehorse Radio. We're so excited to have you guys. Thank you. Yay. (laughs) <laughs> so we want to know a little bit more about how you guys got into racehorses in the first place. So we'll start, Ashley, with you. Did you start with thoroughbreds or with standard breads? I started with thoroughbreds. I rode at Wilson College in their community riding program when I was a kid. They had a ton of thoroughbred lesson horses. And one of them, a horse named D'Artagnan, they actually gave to me because of the fact that he was kind of bad with people in general. (laughs) It's been a running theme in my life. And so I rode him for a long time growing up and whatnot. And then a few years ago, I met a standard bred named KG's Matt Best. And I was looking for a horse for my husband. And I wound up with Maddie, who was the kindest, sweetest soul on the whole planet and just won me over to standard bread forever. And he passed away a few years ago, but I basically everything I do with standard breads is because of Matt. Oh, what a nice legacy for him to leave. So yeah, it was pretty amazing. He was a good boy. Oh, that's cool. All right, Colleen, your turn. Did you start with standard breads or thoroughbreds or something else? Oh, you guys, well, I don't know. I don't really know how to answer this question. I started riding on a thoroughbred, but my first horse that I ever owned was a standard bred. So a trick question. So both. Um, yeah, there you go. My first, yeah. My, my first two personal horses were my standard breds. And then my second two were my thoroughbreds. But like I said, I learned to ride on uh, a little quarter horse mare. And then I graduated. This is my friend's horse. And then I graduated to their gigantic chestnut off-track thoroughbred. And then also I had a neighbor where I grew up because I I didn't come from a riding family and he was kind enough. He trained horses for the racetrack and he let my unqualified butt sit on his (laughs) racehorses that he was training for the track. But he was kind and he always put me on like the best behaved ones. That's so cool. I don't feel like people get that opportunity very often. Mm -mm. Yeah, that's neat. No, and I nearly should not have done that, but... (laughs) but, (laughs) Fine, you live to tell the tale, so it's good. Oh, it went beautifully every time. I just, like, look back on it. I'm like, oh, my God, that was so kind of him. I was surely not qualified for that. (laughs) (laughs) Well... So to follow up on that question, I believe you both come from different riding disciplines as well. So I'll start with Ashley. You're more of a Western rider, if I remember right, correct? And now I was a straight up regular dressage rider after having been a hunter queen for years. So I went hunters, then dressage, then recently in the last 10 years, Western dressage. So it's always funny to me now when people think of me as like a Western rider, but yeah, so you're a convert, <laughs> but both, Colleen and I are both dressage and trail. We actually okay. met last year at the nationals because we're actually very similar in our interest in riding. <laughs> well, that's fascinating. I didn't know that you did trail as well. Colleen, tell us a little bit. Cause I know your dressage, amateur dressage. When did, where did you start? Did you start Western and then make the switch to English or were you also just kind of dabbling? So I always sat my butt in an English saddle, but because I kind of learned in like, like I said, borrowing friends' horses and more of like a backyard situation, I learned to ride in a cornfield. (laughs) So I actually feel most at home out on the trails. 
Um, okay. And my trail riderness sometimes comes out, well, always comes out when I'm riding in the dressage ring because they're like, set up. And I'm like, I don't care. I got to the other, like, I got where <laughs> I needed to go. <laughs> it's a uh, So I started out <laughs> on the trails. And then I actually got into dressage when I moved to my old house in Connecticut because I had a ring and I didn't have access to any trails mm-hmm. without having a trailer, which I didn't have at the time. So I was like, God, it's really boring to just... <laughs> ride in circles without any sort of guidance or plan. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of when I started taking dressage lessons. I'm a cornfield convert, but I cornfield did not start I like. I think a lot of us, honestly, are probably <laughs> most of our listeners have not always had the luxury of an arena. So follow away somehow. I'm out the now out in a cornfield. <laughs> I've lost my arena completely. Oh, my gosh. That's me too, Kristen. I have no ring. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. I, I've been to Ashley's place. Yeah. But you have some beautiful roads to hack on. So that looks really I nice. I went hills, all the hills and all the roads, but no ring. <laughs> Your horses must be incredibly fit. I would like to throw that out. So my follow-up question then, I'll start with Colleen on this one, is I'd love to know like what you look for in a standard bread and or thoroughbred for each discipline. So if you were looking at your dressage horse, what you're looking for, and if you're looking for more of a Western type, what you're looking for, but we'll start with Colleen. Okay. This is going to be a fun answer for me because my two standard breads that I got them originally intended as um, trail horses and just got incredibly lucky that they ended up both being kind of good at everything. So one tip that I have for picking a great horse <laughs> is letting the people at new locations do it for you. <laughs> Uh, Um, Shout out to them. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I really didn't, I didn't really have a plan when I went to get cricket. I was like, do you got one that has four legs? (laughs) And he's my best horse. So I don't have favorites, but he's my best horse. But so what I do now when I'm looking for it, right, I, I have gotten a little bit pickier, especially with my most recent horse cheddar, but he's an off the track thoroughbred. And so for him, I was looking for just more of an uphill build. And then again, you can't really always see this just by looking at them. Sometimes you have to talk to the person who is currently working with them, but you can have all the athleticism and soundness in the world, but if you don't have a good mind, I'm not going to have fun riding you. So I look for a horse that's intelligent and level-headed. Love that. That's a great answer. And what about you, Ashley? What do you look for? So most of the horses that come to me because they need me for some reason, so whether it's like a situation where the horse is aggressive and it comes to me, or whether it's a situation where the horse is unhandled and it comes to me, or there's any permutation of that, basically they come to me and then I try to turn them into whatever I think they might be good at or try to find as many things that I can find them to be good at as possible with very few exceptions. So usually horses just come to me and I try to turn them into something cool, which is kind of fun. And I enjoy the challenge of that. But I have twice now in my life pulled horses from kill pens, one being my standard bred Nardi Jim Jim, and the other one being Wes's standard bred, or Kristen's standard bred Wes, Western Flash. And in both of those cases, I kind of picked them based on confirmation and personality in a very mm-hmm. weird situation where they both like very much needed a home. And I had this situation where I needed to pick a horse and like, how do you pick who's going to get out? So then oh it, gosh, you know, yeah, it winds choice. up being a little <laughs> bit more high pressured. Right. And so then it goes a lot on like gut feelings and confirmation and testing the horse's personality and kind of seeing what they can roll with. And Wes and James have both been wonderful horses to work with. So I was very happy picking them, but I don't tend to get to choose what I work with. It tends to be something that shows up in my farm in a trailer. And then I, I turn it into something cool or send them to me. That's where I'm going to well, get my standards from. To bring it into something cool. <laughs> Mostly because Kristen needed a horse, and I was like, I really want to keep this one, but she likes a big old head. It's that little Roman nose. I've said it before. <laughs> I'll say it again. Yep. So, of course, the obvious question, maybe not the most obvious question. I think the most obvious question is, which breed do you prefer? And I have a feeling that we would all answer like, well, it depends. So I'm going to skip that question. (laughs) And I'm going to say, what do you find to be easiest for each breed? And what do you guys find to be hardest? And we'll start with Colleen. Okay. It's easiest first. All right. So easiest for my standard breads is their temperament is just 
at least for mine, I know each horse is an individual, but my two, (laughs) I have done things to them that I would absolutely never, ever do to my thoroughbred. First example is I brought both of them for their first like field trips. Cause again, remember I didn't have a trailer at the time. Uh, both of them, their first field trip off property was to the equine affair to do demonstration oh in the petting stall. <laughs> and that place is bonkers. If you guys have never been to equine affair, that is like, and you've done the new England one. That place is yeah. mayhem. Oh my gosh. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. But no good for, I mean, good for them. Right. Like well, and yeah. that's fine. And they seem to do just fine. I live to tell the tale. They did fine. So that is something I just, I don't think I could ever do. And again, I'm sure there are thoroughbreds that I could do it with, but probably not mine. And so that was what's really easy about them is they're very easygoing and they tend to have a good head on their shoulders. And then what is easiest about the thoroughbreds, I mean, this is in comparison to the standardbreds, is that the standardbreds are, I guess I'm answering this by saying what's difficult. The standardbreds, it's hard to get the gates, right? You want the walk right. tends to be fine, but it can get a little pacey. The trot sometimes can get a little bit pacey and the canner can be hard to get three beat. And with your thoroughbreds, they come off the track. And honestly, you can put together a beautiful dressage test on those horses in maybe six months. Or Whereas with my standardbreds, what's difficult about them is I'll, I have to work to build the muscle and the training for them to be able to perform the same movements. So did I answer both easy and difficult? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's been my experience too. Like what you're lacking in like the natural rideability of a standard bread right off the bat, you make up for in personality. Like you can throw exactly what you said, right? Like you can throw more at them right away and they're like, okay, that's fine. Ashley, what's your take? I would agree with Colleen a lot that one of the things that's easy about standard breads is that their personalities are just really easy in a similar story. I don't think I had ridden James 10 times, like total, in his whole life yet before I took him to the PA Horse World Expo and did a bunch of demos on him and a bunch of clinics, like in the middle of the pit there with people screaming. And he was like, oh, whatever. Like, he's fine. Like, horses, like, standard reds are just so chill in most circumstances. There are the odd ones that are a little bit hotter, but they tend to really go with whatever. So their personalities are easy, but in the difficulty level for a standard bread is definitely just getting their gates controlled, especially when you're trying to differentiate between the trot and the pace. A lot of times people like to think in black and white and they like to think they're either trotters or pacers, but most standard bread gates fall somewhere in between. And even a nice trotter will pace sometimes in a tight corner, especially in a dressage ring. I know Colleen and I bonded about this last year at nationals when you're in a recognized show and you're trying to get good scores and your horse is breaking gate to pace in a corner, sometimes that's a little problematic. And the same with the canner, getting it to be a good solid three beats, not a four beat, things like that can just be tricky. Getting them to know when to trot and when to canner and whatnot can be a little tricky with them. So quality control of the gates is big. And then with standard beds, the other hard one is moving their various parts of their body. So moving their shoulders independently, moving their hips independently, moving them sideways and backwards can be a little tricky just because that's not always a thing that they're used to doing all the time. Those are my two difficulties with standard breads. And then with thoroughbreds, the easiest thing I find with them is getting good tempos when you're riding. So going again with the gait thing, if you're trying to trot and you want to get a good tempo out of that trot, it's a lot easier on a thoroughbred versus on a standard bread. And then difficulty with thoroughbreds would be getting their feet and their weight under control in that first year off the track, just because those are things that are, um, they fluctuate a lot in that first year. And so it can be hard to kind of get those two things regulated. Whereas with a standard bread off the track, pretty much their feet are not quite as, you don't have to pull the toe back as much as you do with the thoroughbred. And then their weight's a little bit more easy to manage in that first year. So I'd say the weight and hoof issues with thoroughbreds. Yeah. Now I don't call myself an expert because I've had a grand total of two thoroughbreds and one standard bread now, but I do feel very validated because those are all things mm-hmm. that I've experienced too, that the thoroughbreds take a little more ongoing management, but they're a little more approachable to ride right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Although that said, the 
day after it was late when we got home with Wes from Ashley's place. And the next day I put a halter on him and took him out to go check cows and was like, this seems like a great idea. And it was fine. <laughs> but like, I would not have done that with the thoroughbreds. Like, Oh, good Lord. Heck no. I would have fully tacked, maybe lunged, stayed close to home. I do wonder sometimes if we don't always do the standard breads the favor in taking that time, but they seem to handle it so well that it's maybe it moves them along faster. I don't know. So what have you girls got going on this year? What can we look forward to seeing you doing with your standard breads and thoroughbreds coming up? I know. Are you both going to the national show? Let's start with Ashley on that one. Uh, Yeah, I'm getting ready for nationals. I've been doing like the road to nationals with my horses. So I'm taking Nardi Jim Jim, my James. And then Owl About Me, my Will, and also this horse named Man of Steel who goes by Clark after Clark Kent for Superman. And then possibly my husband's horse, Mr. Bling A. Marco might be coming as well, but we haven't quite decided if he's coming or not. So I'm bringing like a full host of horses to the national this year. Some are going to do the versatility challenge. Some are going to do just in-hand classes. And then James and I are going to do Western dressage again and maybe try our hand at some English classes, which is a little scary for me because I haven't been in the English world for a while. I'm going to do it too. So we can do it together. Yeah, we'll be in there looking weird together. That's the goal. Joy's going to be embarrassed by both of us. No, right? I'm going to be full support and my new shirt's going to say just looking weird and I'm into it. Great. Perfect. I love it. And Joy, if you show up, you're going to ride James in a class. I have not forgotten oh boy. that I told you you should do that. Oh my gosh, year. that's right. I have to find my way yep. up to New Jersey, I guess. Oh goodness. Yeah, because who doesn't want to go to New Jersey in July? I'm, uh, right? I'll start looking at flights while Colleen tells us her summer plans. <laughs> yes, I will also be at the National with Definitely with cricket. I'm also considering bringing Tomcat. Tomcat's my other standard bread, and he's retired from most like ridden work other than light trail, but he's so handsome. I think I might, <laughs> I might try to bring him for the in-hand classes, but yeah, Cricket and I are doing the national show. Maybe we'll defend our training level dressage champion. You actually, I don't know if we said this, but you have both of the dressage champions on this call because Ashley won the Western dressage and I won the English dressage. Oh, um, so Cricket nice. and I are going to go back to defend our title. And then Woo! we're also going to shoot for the USCF all breeds award together for cricket. It's basically, you have to get eight scores over 60% and two over 60 at, I don't know. You guys look it up if you need to do it, but I'm doing it. (laughs) The USCA just joined. (laughs) Amazing. Well, it's definitely stuff to look forward to. I love that you, all three of you, hopefully I'll be able to join too. We'll see. But definitely the three of you will be out there and we'll have to get some pictures and social media posts and mostly just have a lot of fun. Hope so. It's my first time going. So I'm relying on these two to kind of show me the way. Colleen and I definitely have a jump picture from last year in the winner's circle. Oh, I've seen that picture. (laughs) It was so good. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. All right. Well, uh, you guys are going to have to send us that. So. Somewhere. We'll send it. Yeah, yeah we'll send yeah. it. <laughs> send that in. All right, girls. Well, where can people follow along on your journeys if they want to keep track of your horses and cheer you guys on at nationals and everything beyond? Colleen, do you have a social media page? We'll start with you. Yeah. We'll. St- okay. So I have an Instagram where I'm at Nolan Colleen. I have a TikTok at Colleen Nolan Tran. And then I'm also Colleen Nolan Tran on YouTube. And if you want to follow along with my 2022 Thoroughbred Makeover horse, his page is Evaluator 2022 Thoroughbred Makeover. Nice. Ashley, where can people follow you? I am at Franchisee Horse Training on Instagram. And then I also am doing the Road to Nationals for the Trot Chat channel. So you could follow that there on YouTube. And then I'm also going to be doing a young horse series with my young horse Clark on there very soon, starting on like how to start a standard bread under saddle, especially one that's never been ridden or done anything before because he's just three and was very lightly handled. That's like a whole other topic unto itself. That'll be fun to follow along with. Good luck. Nice. Well, thank you both so much for joining us and providing some insight to everybody who is hopefully going to go out and adopt a thoroughbred and a standard bread and have a good time like the three of us. So Joy, you're next. I know. Honestly, though, I was going to reach out to see your suggestions because my mom's looking for a new horse. I thought a standard bread would be nice. 
Yeah, the three of us Ooh. will put our heads together. We'll find you one, and it'll be great. Amazing. All right, well, ladies, we'll see you at nationals. Time. Yeah, come test horses at nationals. Oh yeah, there you go. Oh, that's bring you with us. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you soon. If you guys have been listening along and are super excited and want to dive into thoroughbred ownership for yourself, then the ultimate thoroughbred shopping opportunity is coming your way this October at the Thoroughbred Makeover and National Symposium presented by Thoroughbred Charities of America. That is the Retired Resource Project's banner event. A big part of that event is the ASPCA Makeover Marketplace. So that's where makeover trainers who have been preparing their horses for the past 10 months are choosing to list them for sale. So you can purchase or adopt a horse that's already already gone through the makeover process. He's transitioned off the track. He's used to civilian life as an equestrian horse. And of course, he's competed at one of the biggest atmospheres in the country. So it's a really unique shopping opportunity to watch a horse perform, take a trial ride in a designated ring. And of course, you can get a horse vetted right on site, thanks to the proximity of Haggard Equine Veterinary Services. So it's a really cool one-stop shop to do all things thoroughbred. The ASPCA Makeover Marketplace catalog will be printed as a special insert in the fall 2022 issue of Off-Track Thoroughbred Magazine, and you can sign up now to receive that copy with the catalog for free. Just go to tbmakeover.org catalog, put in your information, and you will get that mailed to your door, full color photographs with all the information you need about the horses so you can plan your shopping trip. We hope to see you in October. So as a quick note, before we dive into our Making the Makeover series, we were going to have Katrina Natwick join us, but due to technical difficulties, she wasn't able to make it at the last minute, but we will be speaking to Rachel Ramsey, and we think you're really going to enjoy the interview. Back to the show. Well, Kristen, it's time for Making the Makeover series. I'm telling you, I'm having so much fun with this series and following all of our contestants or riders. I feel like we just use different terms to describe them. But if anything, they're definitely badasses who join us each episode to talk about how they're going with their horses as they prepare for the makeover. And today we have Rachel Ramsey, who will be competing in Working Ranch with her horse Stonecatcher as a refresher. So welcome back, Rachel. Thank you. It's been fun catching up with you guys. It's been ages. I feel like I we haven't talked to you in like a, at least a month, two months. Yeah, yeah. probably since April. Maybe. Yes. Since Rachel was the first one we introduced. So you were at the very start of the series and now we're getting a chance to catch up with you. So before we dive into everything, tell us a little bit about you're getting ready for your first show with Stonecatcher last time we touched base. What's been happening since that show? How'd you do? And what have you been up to since? So we went to our first show and we got last in every class, which was awesome though, because he was really good minded. It was really mm-hmm. all I was out about was just the experience and letting him see everything and experience everything. And so he was just a good sport. And so in my book, it was a win and it's really just about putting miles on him. And so mm-hmm. every weekend we look at where we can go and experience something new. So we do the little ranch riding shows. And then we've been to several obstacle course practices. And then we go to the sort and pen on Tuesday nights when we can. It's just like I said, it's about seeing the world and new experiences and learning to cope in new and different environments. I love that. Like that's such a healthy mindset that I think a lot of us need to take in, especially with those first couple shows with our horses that we're new to as well. But, um, when you say he was good, do you mean he was like pretty relaxed or like describe a little bit about what that means to you? Yeah. He stood uh, tied to the fence for eight hours in between. That is good. We had seven seven classes and there was other horses around. And a lot of times when you take the thoroughbreds in the warm-up pen, there was 25 horses in the warm-up pen, you know? And so Mm -hmm. he wasn't trying to race anybody. He was a little cautious about all these horses coming around and then by him, but just the little things like that. Like he handled the warm-up pen. He stayed tied to the rail. It wasn't a big deal. He stood patiently waiting for the next class to come around. He was watching during our classes. We didn't necessarily get our leads in the right spot or remember to back up on our patterns. Or, I mean, we went in a halter class and he did walk on his hind end a little bit in a few spots. And we didn't <laughs> necessarily stand straight in the lineup. But overall, I was just happy with his general demeanor. Well, you got to start somewhere. So exactly. a, sounds like a great place to start. Yeah. And then that same show had another one four weeks later. So they have one there every month. And so we went back next month and he was middle of the pack. 
there's usually eight or nine horses in the green horse class. And so he was the fourth and fifth in several of his classes. And then we went back two weeks ago and he took a couple of firsts, a couple of seconds and a couple of thirds. So I was really happy with him. Like we just, every time he goes, he gets better and better. Oh, that's like the perfect trajectory. Like yeah, a nice like little what a like great progression. steadily improving. Yeah. 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 And it's just a little schooling show, but I mean, when there's nine horses and in Texas and you're competing against the big time court horses that are using it for schooling shows too. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. That was what I was going to ask, you know, like you're really in like ranch horse country, which anymore means quarter horse country. Yes. So how's been like the reception from your fellow competitors? Like, are they interested in what you're doing or are they like, Oh, there's the girl with the thoroughbred again. You know, it's been interesting. Cause a lot of he's last year's horse looked like a quarter horse. I mean, she was chunky mm-hmm. and big boned and she, I didn't get a lot of looks, but he's tall and lanky and he's young. He's only four. So he still has that kind of babyish way that he moves about. And so a lot of people do ask, ask, what is he? And so it's always fun to be able to explain what he is and our goals and share a lot. And in fact, I think I have two other people that are coming to next year's retired racehorse project because I just keep telling them about it. (laughs) That's so cool. I think the Western world is where we need to be making kind of these inroads because I think, you know, with the TIP classes and stuff, like a lot of people are pretty aware of them in the English. And that's not to say we don't have work to do there too. But I think like ambassadors like you that are taking that, you know, and like being just proud to bring it into the show ring, even if it's not perfect, like here you are, you're doing the thing, doing the work. Like that's exactly what we need to show people like, look, these horses are worth the time and they're cool. So good for you. Good job. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Cause I just come out, you know, and I was like, well, that was our baby brain moment. I only got five months on him, but we got five months to go. So it's just, it's a way for me to also promote the breed and the makeover. So it's been fun. Nice. I love that. So We asked with our last group, what were some of the surprises you've had with him so far? Because you've had a chance to work with him from the ground and get to know his personality. But once you've taken him to a show, has he surprised you in any ways? He has surprised me in how he takes it all in. He doesn't react. He just kind of watches. So he's a little bit of a watcher and he's lazy. Like, and so he really is. He'd rather just sit there and watch everybody go by than participate, which I ask him all the time. I'm like, I'm not sure how you were a racehorse and you actually won something. But so it's been interesting in how to motivate him and keep him interested in what we're doing. It helps with cows because it's something outside of him that he gets to work. So that really helps motivate him a little bit. But he definitely is more lazy and he's probably one of the laziest thoroughbreds I've worked with in a really long time. So just trying to get creative and keeping it entertaining and fun and not burning him out when he already isn't interested in what I'm doing. (laughs) That's where I feel like we have an advantage in the ranch horse stuff because there's so much variety to it. Yeah. Even though I think sometimes the training can get a little monotonous because it's a lot of like lateral work, get control the hip, control the shoulder, you know, like well, we tend to do the same. Too. It's not well, that yeah, different. right. Like we're all <laughs> going for the same things, but there's enough variety in the show pen to kind of make it interesting and keep it cool. But yeah, but yeah, that can be hard to vary you know, your training right. program too. So, yeah. And taking them out on the trails a bunch. And like I said, hauling to different types of events. So we're not doing the same thing, you know, every weekend helps. So really, I guess with him is just changing it up a bunch. Fun. Yeah. Good advice for everybody too. Cause we all tend to kind of get in our rut and do the yeah. same thing over and over again. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So what's ahead? What's coming up for the next month? Well, it's hot here in Texas. So (laughs) most of Texas really kind of takes a break in June, July, August. And so I have family out in Washington. So we are actually getting ready to load up the horses and the dogs and the dirt bikes. And we're going to go out to Washington for the next six weeks. Oh, wow. So he gets to go on a camping trip for the next 10 days. So we just kind of make a big camping trip of it and we find fairgrounds. And so he gets to see a whole new world as we travel across the country. Oh, so wait, so the 10 days, is that the getting there part? And then you're there yep. for, we just, oh, wow. Yeah, we just make a trip of it. It's, That's so it's fun. It's like 2,000 mm. miles. So Holy smokes. <laughs> we just drive six, eight hours, and we have several campgrounds picked out along the way. And then we stay there for a day or two, and then mosey on to the next place. He might be one of the best traveled horses by the time October rolls around. That's <laughs> I awesome. I want to do that. Can I come? 
Yes. I just got to get to come Texas on. first, which is yeah, another 2,000 right. miles. <laughs> well, you don't want to come here. It's hot. Yeah. It's no, hot I'll right just, now. I'll meet you. Up in to meet me there. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I grew up with a cut and trainer out there. And then my brother and sister both have a place just down the road from him. So I keep the horses there and am able to go ride and play. Oh, that's so cool. Absolutely. That's, it's great. Like the location you have, because everything I've learned about a horse world in Texas is some things are really close and then a lot of it's really far. So it does give you the opportunity to get the trailer miles on your horse before they make that trek to Kentucky. I'm sure yes. he trailers beautifully. I have to imagine. He's funny. Again, he sees the trailer. He's like, oh my gosh, we're doing this again. And so he stands there for a minute, like really, this what he doesn't say no. Well, he says no, but not obnoxiously, but he's like, I don't really want to do this. And so, yeah, we have our little ways of overcoming that, but he's pretty adamant that he wants me to know that's not the place he really wants to go. He'll do it, but he's not happy about it. Oh. He's not going to have a choice for the next 10 days. So. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But he sounds like he's turning into such a cool horse for you. And I really can't, if he's making this progress in the short amount of time between since we first talked and now, I really can't wait to see him in, in October. I think he's just going to be stellar. He is. I'm super excited about him too. And he's just got such a good mind that my kids ride him. So there was a kid's cowboy camp last weekend and I had my 10 year old son spend all day Friday and Saturday on him and they roped off of him and they sorted cows and they tracked a a cow, you know, the the four wheeler. And so he just, I can, he's not solid broke, but he's good minded. He'd rather just Mm -hmm. not go anywhere. So it's easy enough for me to stick my kids on him, which makes it fun too. If you ever have the difficult choice of rehoming him, like, please call me first. He sounds <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Just so you know, all of my horses are for sale. The more I like them, the more expensive they are, but they're all for sale. <laughs> Good to know. I was like, right. We'll be keeping an eye out for that marketplace listing. Just yes. Yeah. Uh, he is for sale. And I do have people asking about him. And so we just wait and see till after October and we'll see how it goes. Which is great. I mean, that's making the statement for the thoroughbreds, right? Yeah. People are like, I want that horse. That's perfect. Absolutely. That's awesome. Amazing. Well, thank you. So before we jump off, Rachel, I'd love to know what's coming up next. We'll probably talk to you later in July, but between Mm -hmm. now and then, what can we expect? We got our trek across Washington, so we'll be camping. And then mid-July, there's a little, again, kind of schooling show that is in... I'm trying to think where it is. It's in the Oregon. And so mm-hmm. it's just a bunch of ladies that I used to ride with. And so I try to go to that one. So that's about July 15th. Very nice. And it's a very different atmosphere. See how well he acclimates to change. It's going to be a really cool experience to hear about. Yes. And they do perk up and I, I try to be patient with them too, because they do, it gets hot and that's a mm-hmm. lot of where the no energy comes from. And so being in the cooler weather, I kind of expect to have a little bit of a different horse under me for a little while. That'll be fun. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. learn them all over again and yeah. see what's going on. Yeah. Also see where it changes in gait and where you can harness some of that power. That'll be fun to see as well. Yes. Yes. So Rachel, remind us where people can follow along with your journey. I'm on um, for our horses, in North Texas. Perfect. All right. And that's on Facebook. So everybody follow yes. along and watch uh, Rachel and Stonecatcher's progress across the United States. Literally. <laughs> <Yes. we> travel. <laughs> that's right. And Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank All right. You. Well, we'll look yeah. forward to following along and safe travels. Have Thank a you. Sure. Appreciate you guys. Kristen, I have to say, we've been putting up some, I like to do the brag at least. I think the content we've been doing on social media has been really fun and engaging. And I just love everyone's comments. I thought it would be appropriate to shout out one that I thought everyone could relate to. So a few weeks ago, I asked, you know, are you someone who cleans your tack every now and then? Or are you human? Like, do you clean it every day? Because let's be real. There are people who definitely do you're not human. You're better than all of us. We understand that. But most of us probably fall somewhere in between of doing a decent job and do I actually need to clean my tack? So I did a poll online. I thought it was really fun. So I asked that, like, how often do you clean your tack? We had 16% say all the time. We had 53% say every few weeks, which I'm like, I fall in that category. I think most of us do. And then there's the 32% who said, I'm supposed to clean my tack, question mark. Yeah, so, I was in that 32%. It's fine. I, well, I love your honesty. I definitely fall in the every few weeks. I'm trying to be better. I'd say like once a month is where I am. But I'd love to shout out some of our listeners who also commented on that post because 
it was a very enjoyable to read. So we had autoimmune equestrian who said, I have issues. I fully clean and condition every piece of tack every time I ride. I'm too poor and need my tack to last forever. I don't think that's issues. I think that's goals personally. I'm like, good for you. I, I need to strive to be like autoimmune equestrian. Yeah. Especially with the budget point, you know, like yeah. Yeah, none of us are made of money. We can't be buying new head stalls every five days. So I get it. I like how you say head stalls. I'm instantly like, oh, my saddle's so expensive. <laughs> You know, whatever, uh, yes. <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> yes. So we had Devara Hari say not nearly enough. I'm that. I get that. I feel that. One of our spotlight riders, Hot Girl Summer, which is Lee Beamer. She says, I am for once a month. I think that's totally reasonable. We had yeah. one to three that times per week by Gooner in the saddle. Kaylin Horse said, what's regularly? I just cleaned yesterday and I promised my tack I'd do a better job this summer. <laughs> 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 Make a promise to the tech. Yes. Yeah. So I think there's some really fun ones here, but I really like this. I, there's two that I thought were great suggestions for someone who does have a goal of cleaning their tack. So one was my caught a fish, which is every single use, but I just wipe off with a damp cloth. I rarely use cleaner and only condition when my tack feels thirsty. Oh, that's, that's Alyssa Myatt. That is our longtime hunter ring steward at the makeover. She's ah. the well, she definitely a great tip she brought to the table and very doable without feeling the daunting task of getting your saddle soap and then your conditioner and making sure you have the tiny toothbrush to get in on between all the nooks and crannies, like definitely takes the pressure off. And then we had ex racehorse life coach say, I was the worst about cleaning my tack for many years, but a friend helped me set up a simple kit with one water rag and one oil rag. So now I clean my saddle after almost every ride and leather wipes are perfect for the bridle. Long story short, make it simple. Totally agree with that. Yeah. So, we're at an age now where it's like, just make it easy. <laughs> make it easy. So definitely some fun tips and appreciate everyone who does comment. And there's a few more on there. I didn't get to today, but make sure you're following us on our social. We do try to have fun and keep things engaging. We love shouting out everyone who comments or votes, all of those things. So check us out at retired racehorse radio on Instagram and Facebook. There's always something new coming your way. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at retiredracehorseradio.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Retired Racehorse Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. I can be found on Instagram at The Horseback Writer, and you can follow along with all of my racehorse ranch adventures on Facebook at Jobberville Racehorse to Ranch Horse. My email is kbentley at therrp.org. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Misfit Equestrian. Yes, I changed it. It's because I haven't been cooking as much lately and my kitchen's under construction, but I am working out a ton. So whatever. It's America. Free choice. And you can email me at joy at Thank you so much to our sponsors at Kentucky Performance Products. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And add more leg. Even today, when I got run away with on Jabra for a little bit, I still put the leg on. All the legs, seriously. Bye, guys. 